Blog Talk Radio. The following has taken place during Total Sports Live. So that was that was a noticeable thing, but 
other than that, they really turned it on in the second half. The pass rush, while, while the stats may look good, they kind of disappointed me. You know, you expect them to really get after it, you know, constantly on, on first down, second down, in the first half altogether. But they, they just didn't really get after it in the first half, like the whole team. But once that second half came around, Teddy Jennings had two sacks. And Patrick Scott, Brian Robinson had a sack. And B-Rob had a fumble recovery. So, you know, all in all, the D-line was definitely the thing I was watching because Tampa's offensive line really has struggled this year. So it, it might have been a disappointing win on some aspects, but it's always good right. to clinch your playoff spot early. You know, uh, that's definitely – that's not the only goal the Soul have. You know, they pretty much everyone's agreed that that was their first goal. Second goal they also accomplished, win the division, because uh, Cleveland lost his, to Jacksonville last week. They got blown out. We'll talk about that. Uh, next uh-huh. thing's up, win your playoff games, win the conference, and then win the Arena Bowl. So, so far they're two for two. And uh, they're trying to finish out those last two with an arena bowl this year. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, they're already accomplishing some goals. And what was the tone down at the press conferences? At the press conferences from the coach and a few of them and a few of the players. What was the tone from them knowing that you know, like they said, they played a sloppy first half but got it together. They clinched. They clinched the playoff berth. They you know clinched. They won the division title with. Sometimes with 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 you know with not worrying about the last week of the season like we were last season where they were worrying what they were going to do in the last week of the season if they were going to get in and not there comfortably in. So what is the mind? What was the mindset that you got from them after the game? Uh, definitely a happy. You know, whenever you win, you're always excited. Whenever you clinch a playoff spot, mm-hmm. you're always excited. But it was more of a we still have work to do. You know they. Mm-hmm. They obviously knew they were coming into this bye week so they could kind of rest up, get some guys healthy again, get some guys to 100%. Bo Bell is the clear look there. You know, he's expected to come back after this week and against Cleveland for the July 11th game. But, you know, it was obviously, you know, you're obviously excited. You know, you've got now a one-in-eight shot to win the Arena Bowl with the eight teams making it. So, you know, it's it's an excited mindset, but it's also not a – not a we're we're finished, you know, we're satisfied. We made the playoffs last year. We obviously saw them losing the first round to Cleveland on that heartbreaking field goal and then the past few years losing the arena board to the Rattlers. So they definitely they definitely show me this year that they've they've really got the mindset of, of winning an arena ball, you know. Yeah, you're right and you know, that's definitely something that, you know, that that that, that you love to see from this team. They got unfinished business and that's the kind of mindset what you want to have for the rest of the season. Because you don't want to take none of these teams lightly because weird things have happened in the Arena Football League like we've seen over the past few years. Weird things, you know, can happen in the league. So I love the mindset that they have unfinished business. And we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Storm later in the show because their division is really tricky. And they could end up knocking Cleveland out the playoffs. So we're going to talk about that because I want to get your thoughts on this uh American Conference playoff race because this has got some really interesting things going on with that and let's keep it going. As I said, Harrison mentioned it early, a few minutes, just a few minutes ago. A game that had playoff implications last week. The Gladiators, my oh my, the the the, the buzzsaw known as the Jacksonville Sharks blew them out seventy four forty one. Tommy Grady twenty three twenty six two eighty four seven touchdowns. London Crawford. 
nine receptions, 101 yards, a touchdown. Tiger Jones, four touchdowns. Joe Sykes getting a sack for his 15th of the 15th of the season. Harrison, uh, the Sharks are the Sharks. They they wanted it. They they know they are in. They know that they are playing good football now, and they took out a team that they're fighting literally for a playoff spot for right now. So good win for the Sharks, but bad loss for the Gladiators. Here's the thing about the American Conference. You know, you know, one team is going to be sitting out. A really talented team. Same thing that happened last year with with Tampa and Iowa, who were both pretty talented. Mm-hmm. Iowa kind of kind of fell off at the end, you know. Maybe that's because of ownership, but that's another discussion. But, you know, you saw those two teams last year, and this year it'll either be Orlando, Tampa, Jacksonville, or Cleveland. You know, not all of them can make the playoffs. And, you know, you look at that uh, national conference, and a team like Portland or L.A. is going to make it in that last spot. It's kind of kind of disheartening. But um, I think the key right now about that game, what I saw was Cleveland just came out, and they, they just played sloppy. You know, they just right. – it feels like this Cleveland team is what should have happened to last year's Cleveland team. You know, it's just a couple different breaks. You know, the offensive line is really different. No Mario Norman out there. St. Austin has came back down to earth. St. Austin has been really good for them this season, but he's definitely, you know, not been as insane as he was last year. So that's the thing I really noticed about them. And this week was a, another example. You know, they're not they're not the most talented team in the league this year, and I don't think they were last year either. I think Arizona and even to some extent Philadelphia. But, you know, it's, it's tough with Philly because, you know, they obviously beat them three times. But on paper, you know, Philly might have been better than that Cleveland team. You know, and they definitely are this year. I think that's that's one of the things that's killing Cleveland is they've fallen back down to earth. But uh, another interesting thing from that game was Chris Deaker. I definitely like Deaker. I yeah. definitely like his size. You know, he's played the indoor game for a while now. And, you know, he came in. We hadn't seen much of him this year. And he looks pretty good, you know. He's not he's not considered one of the elite quarterbacks, but he's definitely a good backup. Him, Brian Randell, and then obviously whoever is considered the backup out in Spokane, you know, I guess is considered Carson Kaufman, even though he's probably gonna hit IR with the uh shoulder injury. So it it's you know, Deaker's definitely one of the better backups in this league and he definitely came out and played a good game versus Jacksonville. Uh for Jacksonville, another solid game. Tiger Jones, four more touchdowns, just having a great season, you know, moving on from Philly and Quint Alzell. So, you know, I'm I'm happy with the way Jacksonville played, and I definitely think Jacksonville is going to be one of the playoff teams. So, um, like I said, really pleased with the way Jacksonville played. Yeah, Jacksonville has definitely played better ever since we saw them in person. A week, it seemed it seemed like years, it seemed like months ago we seen this Jacksonville team, and they were still looking for their first win. In that stretch where they just went on that winning streak, they finally turned it on and starting to find their identity which is great to see because, like we've been saying all season, this team has so much talent on both sides of the ball, and now they're finally starting to put it together. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, um, Derek Ross has been rumbling all season long. Joe Sykes, 15 sacks. That's He's one away from the record, and that's just crazy. You know, he's still got a lot of time. So, definitely, I'm, I'm pleased with the way Jacksonville has really came together. Now they obviously dropped a, a tough loss to Tampa a few weeks ago. They they keep mm-hmm. doing that. You know, it seems like each time that they're up, they fall right back down and take a loss. So Jacksonville is going to be all about consistency. But I feel like if they get in the playoffs and they're as hot as they should be, you know, you figure they play, let's say they win the division, they take on Orlando, you know, they probably beat Orlando and then they play Philly. That would be a really good game to watch. You know, I'm not exactly sure who I would pick right now. 
because Jacksonville, if they're having one of their days, Jacksonville looks just about unbeatable. So Jacksonville is definitely a threatening team in the playoffs. Yeah, Jacksonville definitely is a threatening playoffs, and that's something we're going to keep our eye out as the uh, as the as the full as the in Jacksonville will meet up in Week 17 at Jacksonville. Remember the last time the Soul played them in Jacksonville, the Soul took a heartbreaking loss. So we'll see what happens in Week 17. Moving on, the last uh, one of the one of the last points from Week 14 is the Rattlers escape with a nail biting 49 to 43 win over the LA Kiss. They're set, the the Rattlers just keep on rolling along. Seventh straight victory, fifth straight divisional title. Nick Dabla hasn't thrown an interception since he came back off of off, came back from injury. Another another five touchdown performance. The golden, the gold standard just keeps on winning, and it keeps on winning. Harrison, the Rattlers just keep on keep on rolling along because they know the real season starts in the playoffs. They just just get prepared for it. Is it almost safe to say Nick Tavila is the uh, the MVP candidate right now compared to Dan Rodabaugh? You know, over the past few weeks, Tavila's played better than Rodabaugh. That's just an honest mm-hmm. opinion. You know, definitely like the season Rodabaugh's had his best yet, but. Past few weeks, you know, the offense as a whole has really just kind of fallen off. And Tavila has not missed a beat. No interceptions since he came back. Seven game winning streak. That is, that's something. You know, that's definitely noticeable. And then you also remember his backup's not there anymore. B.J. Coleman and his normal backup, Jason Marietta, was released prior to the season. So, you know, it's it's definitely a almost a newer look Arizona team. It's definitely a team that you know you you weren't necessarily expecting to have struggles in the beginning, but that's obviously because the dealer got hurt. This is the Arizona team you expect to see, you know, and, and they're my, you know, they're, it's them and San Jose out in that American conference or national conference. They're the two best teams, in my opinion, in this league. You know, I obviously pretty biased for my soul down here in Philly, but I, <laughs> I like the season that Arizona has right now, and I like the season San Jose has. So those two teams are definitely going to be, just a, a, a close next finish, you know, to see who gets that home field advantage. And then for L.A., L.A., you know, they continue to just really fight with good teams. And that's another one, you know, it's obviously getting to the point where it's like you can't take losses and consider them wins. But L.A. definitely had another good game. Secondary looks really improved. I've, I've said it every podcast that Rayshon Kaiser has done wonders for that team. But I'm definitely impressed with the way L.A.'s played, and I think they're going to make the playoffs. And, you know, maybe maybe give San Jose a run for their money. Whoa, whoa! That sounds that sounds like a bull. That sounds like a bull prediction. We make bull. <laughs> we make bull predictions on these podcasts as the people listen. We make bull predictions, but wow, that's a bull prediction for a team in LA that's two and eleven right now. But like we saw last year, during the same time, I think it was like the, I think it was the last week of the season. The kids still could have made the playoffs, but took a loss to San Antonio at home. So your mm-hmm. your your prediction is not really far fetched because they were in the same position last year at this time. It's so weird. Not to mention they beat San Jose a couple of weeks ago, getting their first loss. Yup, yup, that is true. That is true. So that's that's actually a good segue to go into the playoff talk. That was that was a quick recap for you folks of Week 14. The, the league's on a bye week this week, 4th of July weekend. Never saw a league do this before, but it's pretty cool. Man. Pretty cool. So let's uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the the look ahead for the rest of the season. Talking about the playoff standings right now. 
the playoff standings right now in the American Conference. The Seoul twelve and two, Orlando eight and six, Jacksonville seven and six, the Gladiators seven and seven, and Tampa Bay six and seven. It looks I can't even I can't even put the I can't even put the Predators as the sixth seed, I mean, as not the sixth seed, excuse me. I can't even put the Predators as the second seed right now because this division, that this this this, you can just call this the Florida division. This it's just so it's just so flip floppy. These teams just beat up on each other and divide, the, 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 they just move up and down. When I and like I said, those three teams could end up pushing out Cleveland, so we could have. All three teams from one division make the playoffs. That's just insane. Yeah, I think we've I think we've had uh, all three teams from a division before. I think in uh, either 2013 or 2014, one of the two. Mm-hmm. I forget. But um, yeah, it definitely could happen. You know, I, I like the team Cleveland has, but they're obviously, in my opinion, they're the fourth or fifth seed. I think Orlando and Jacksonville will both make it. I think it's going to be Philly 1, Jacksonville 2. I think Jacksonville will yep. get the best of a couple games. I think that Philly game in Week 17, Philly already will pretty much have the number one seed. So you figure that's going to be maybe an interesting game for Philly, maybe rest a couple guys. Um, so that could be interesting. And then when it comes to Orlando, I think they'll be the three. I think they'll be pretty close. I think they'll probably mm-hmm. come down to like the last game between them and Jacksonville. And then my fourth yep. seed, you know, it's between it's between Tampa and Cleveland, obviously. Um, Tampa has a scrappy team. They play really hard, you know. You saw it against the Soul, but in my opinion, that offensive line is going to kill them. That offensive line, they're going to face a good pass rush like Jacksonville with Joe Sight, and they're just going to get tortured. You know, Jason Boltis will not be able to stay up. So, no. in my opinion, that's going to be what kills Tampa for a second year in a row. You know, last year they they had the playoffs in their hands. You know, if they had beaten Cleveland, they would have uh, made the playoffs and then played Cleveland the next week in Cleveland because Philly got blown out to Pittsburgh, you know, in the most important game of the season. Yeah. They got killed. And Tampa had it in their hands and lost. You know, they just couldn't beat that Cleveland team. And I know some of the players asked some Cleveland players to just kind of throw them one, you know. Just kind of give them the game and let them get in the playoffs and then fight it out next week. But I think it's going to be another fifth seed for Tampa. And in my opinion, it's going to be Lawrence Samuel's way out. I think that's going to be the thing that kills him. You know, I just think the mediocrity that they have right now on that offensive line and even the defensive line to some extent is going to kill him. And I'm going to go with Cleveland as the four seed playing Philly in a complete reversal of last year. And Hopefully we won't need to kick a game-winning field goal. Hopefully we'll just blow them out and, you know, advance to the next one so me and you can keep covering games. <laughs> right, definitely. I don't want to I – don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't want to even relive that moment. Oh, God. I don't even <laughs> want to relive that. I don't even want to relive that because that was just – oh, that playoff game. Oh, that just hurt so bad. bad. And, Ky, and Kaiser had, like, four interceptions that game. Like, that was just – you don't see that in a real football where your star defensive back has four interceptions and you still lose. Like, that's called That was a crazy atmosphere. Right, that was a crazy atmosphere. It was. And that's what you call luck. Oh, yeah, you was at the game. Oh, yeah, you was. Yep, you was at the game. To be at that game and then go to the locker room after the game, it was just heartbreaking, man. Those guys seemed so sad. And a lot of them, it was their last game in Soul Colors, like Kaiser, Tiger. Ross, 
you know, Carvalho, no, Carvalho was injured. What am I saying? Johnson, you know. So that was definitely a fun game to watch. But hopefully we won't have anything like that so we can get an arena bowl in Philly. You know, I'll go to my second career arena bowl. That'll be my first career arena bowl. So, you know, I'm 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 gonna be I'm gonna be uh stingy and say I want that to happen too. But it's funny that you <laughs> mentioned about Tampa being that fifth seed in Lawrence Samuels and like you said, that offensive line for the for 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 that offensive line cannot block. And Jason Bolton, I swear, every week I see him play, he's always getting the snot knocked out of him. <laughs> "Quote unquote," just and you just feel so bad for him because he's a he's a he's a solid quarterback. But as I've said to you many a time, in every game, Fultz just makes that one dumb throw of an interception, mm-hmm. and then that just puts the opposing team back in it. And it's funny that we talk about the Gladiators and Storm because remember a few weeks ago in Cleveland, Tampa beat Cleveland on a game-winning. Touchdown and two point conversion by I think it was Gregory. I think yeah, it was Cleveland's defensive line doesn't get after it, and that offensive line can yep. play mediocre and keep Boltus up for enough time. You know, you expect short passes when you play Tampa. You expect the hitch route, the slant, quick mm-hmm. ball. You know, get the ball out, and sometimes you don't see it, and that that comes back to the coaching. You know, if you know you have a terrible offensive line, first of all, fix it. Call up Christian Johnson, one of the best offensive linemen that this league has seen since it restarted, a former Arizona Cardinal and uh, a Calgary San Peter in the CFL. I would call him up. But, you know, you expect the ball to come out quick, and then they run a go around, you know. And yep. it just doesn't work, and both just gets killed. And, honestly, the offensive line played better than I thought they would against Philly, you know, first half, obviously. Philly's sold. Just can't get after it in the first half. But in that second half, they really just got after it. So, I think that's going to be what's killed Tampa. And Cleveland's offensive line is very respectable. You know, C.J. Cobb, Kid O'Brien, Chad Schofield, three pretty good guys, you know. Um, they've had a couple rookies step in, and that's going to be the key. You know, keeping Shane Austin up, that's going to be the key for Cleveland. And it's going to be really what keeps Tampa out and what gets Cleveland in. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely right about that. So we'll see how the American American Conference playoffs shake out. There's a couple of key games coming up next week, and then the week after, week 16 and 17, that we got to look out for. Let's move over to the National Conference, which looks like if you could really split the two in half, you got the upper echelon, and then you got the bottom feeders. And that's no disrespect to the bottom feeders, because I really got love for them, really got the love and respect for them, but. I don't even think we need to talk about the top two because San Jose thirteen and one, the Rattlers are eleven and two. They might as well just meet up in the in, in the national conference championship game all week here. So that's what's probably going to end up happening. But as you mentioned just a few minutes ago, the Kiss couldn't make the playoffs because right now you're three and four right now with Las Vegas at five and eight and Spokane at four and nine. That it's starting to become an interesting 3-4 right now between those two because now they're jockeying for position. And I'm not sure, and this might sound might sound a little crazy, but I'm not sure if Las Vegas is going to be able to hold on just because they are, I don't want to say because they're an expansion team and they're 
and they're, they 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 can't finish the job. But for some reason, I like Spokane just a little bit more to possibly overtake them for the three, which then collects your scenario of the kiss rolling to get to that fourth seed. Yeah, it's going to be a, a nice little race out in the national conference between uh, you know some some obviously interesting teams, but those are opinions of some really uh, young is what I'll say, young arena football mm-hmm. teams. Uh, Spokane obviously has, you know, I think Spokane's probably our second favorite team at this point on this podcast. I feel like we talk about them every week. You know, we've got Warren right. Smith, who I'm actually, you know, my beach house where I'm at right now is actually in his hometown. So maybe I'll see him over at ShopRite or something. You never know. But um, <laughs> I definitely like that Spokane team to be the three. You know, I think they've been sloppy. You know, they kind of remind me some of that, that Tampa team and Philly to some extent, which is not being able to play it for staff. You know, Spokane seems like they just can't finish the job. You know, they're, they're in a lot of close games with some lesser teams, and they just don't finish. I think they lost to Orlando by one point, or was that they beat Orlando by one point? One of the two. So, with Spokane, it's going to be tough for them to win a playoff game, figuring they're playing Arizona or San Jose. But I think they're going to be my three, and I'm going to go with L.A. at four. You know, I, I just – I just don't like the Vegas team. You know, I just don't think I don't think they're gonna win many games to finish up the season. Right. And Portland I don't right. I don't really have winning is it fair to say almost any games. You know, they're they're okay, but you know, to see what San Jose or uh, Spokane did to them and then, you know, Rowley is definitely a quarterback I like. You know, he's definitely a vet and understands the game, but it seems like he's still growing, you know. And mm-hmm. even though he's played for so long, and that shouldn't happen. So I'm going to roll with Portland being the last seed, Vegas being the uh, second to last, and then obviously my fourth seed, L.A., three seed, Spokane, two seed, San Jose, one seed, Arizona. Yeah, I, I switched them. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 I think, wow. I think Arizona, yeah. Arizona is going to get the best of San Jose in that matchup. Yeah, you might be right because they got oh they got they got something to prove they got something to prove and Nick Davila is like we talked like we talked about he's been he's been on a quiet roll this season he's been on a quiet roll since he came back so that's gonna be interesting to see and also I like how you just said like Spokane they're like our second favorite team on this podcast I think that's pretty <laughs> much true I think like I think that's I think we really have like the Spokane like Warren Smith watch like every week we're we're like, the Warren Smith doing of this league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're into the we're into the rookie quarterbacks that just just that just shocked the world like like the shock has. And talking about the shock, um, I remember I think it was a few weeks ago actually when the shock were on ESPN two on Sunday night and it was taken on. I think they were taken on Portland. And I had texting. Yeah. I was like, and I and I had texting. I was like, so did you know Carson Kaufman is starting? And he was like, what? Like Carson Kaufman is starting? Like you gotta be kidding me! I'm like. No, actually not. He's actually playing. And he played pretty damn good, too. When not in touchdowns, but I saw your tweet, I mean, your retweet from a few days ago that he's got a shoulder injury, which is just... Yeah, I think he's down for he just came, He just came back, and now he's going back off. So, thankfully, they have a good starter in Warren Smith that can help lead this way, who's actually now, played in a great. ton of games. Yeah, let's great. Let's, great. Yeah, let's change that. Great. <laughs> He's nah, a nah. Warren's a good quarterback. Warren's <laughs> a good quarterback, and he's going to finish out the year for them. He's been a little bit injury-prone. He had a knee injury in the beginning of the year. 
Not sure what his injury mm-hmm. was last week. I know he wasn't active or holding PATs. Obviously, the league doesn't do a great job getting out injury reports, but Smith, you know, a bye week this week. He should be back for next week. I know he's reporting back down to Spokane after uh, after this week off in a few days. And, um, yeah, I like Warren Smith a lot. You know, we'll definitely see how he does in the playoffs. You know, he, he went 0-1 in his uh, Trenton playoffs in the PIFL. Lost to Lehigh Valley last year at home, but it's it's a different ballgame in the AFL. So it should be interesting to see. I I do like the Spokane team. You know, I like some of the guys yeah. they have, and I like I like the job Coach Olsen has done to really put it together mm-hmm. after losing Meyer and Tunnell and all the other guys. So, yeah. you know, Terrence Taylor is a great nose guard, and James Ruff is a great defensive end, and I think they can definitely continue to wreak havoc. You know, they they've been okay from a pass rush standpoint, but I, I think I expect more. You know, I expect more from that pass rush, especially against some of the weak offensive lines they'll play. So Spokane, yeah. you know, they're my three seed right now. And I think I think they probably will lose to San Jose. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. it's gonna be a win for them. <laughs> but yeah. definitely definitely like some of the fight I've seen from this team. But Coach Olsen mm-hmm. definitely could be on the hot seat this off season. There's a lot of good assistant coaches like Phil Bogle and Sia Burley, so Definitely should be interesting to see what happens with him. So that's going to be something I'm going to have to watch out for in the offseason. But, yeah, they're my three seed, and I do like what they have. And it's unfortunate about Kaufman. He did play great in that uh, Portland game, but Warren Smith's a great quarterback, and I'm excited to see him again. Definitely. And I think and I think that and I think that we got a great – when we saw Spokane play early in the season, they looked ten times better. And that was the most unorthodox thing that we ever saw in the Real Football League. The Spokane shock, if you guys don't remember, against the Soul were running the shotgun offense, which was just, you know, it was different. You don't see that happening in the Arena Football League at all, really, the shotgun offense, and he tried to implement that, which didn't go so well, but, you know, it well, happens. Well, like you said, you know, that's Yeah, that's Brown. That's you know, truth. I talked to Coach Olsen a little bit about that, and he said it was just kind of a, kind of a look they like with, with Brown back there, you know. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Kaufman and Smith were down at the time, so Brown, who was actually cut in camp, wound up coming back and running the shotgun. It it, it didn't it didn't work very well, you know. They obviously <laughs> scored some points just because of the theory in the football league, but it didn't work well. And anytime a team travels from Philadelphia to Spokane and plays a late game, you should win. And they got blown out. So, you know, it, it is nice to see how much they've came. You know, how much they've grown. They obviously face adversity with two of their players being placed on league suspension for robbing a player's girlfriend. I'm a little bit shaky on the details, but they robbed a player's girlfriend's wallet while in Las Vegas at a casino, um, an offensive what? lineman and, and one of their receivers. Uh, wow. Yeah, I know. So it faced adversity, but I definitely like the Spokane team. I, I love the season Warren Smith's having. Uh, Patrick Afif is a vet, you know, on the offensive line and that line altogether. Started to block pretty well for Warren Smith and Carson Kaufman. So definitely like the Spokane team. Definitely think uh, three seats for them. Definitely. So we'll see how the playoff chase continues in both um, in the both in in both the American and National Conference as the season continues. And it's funny because we've been talking the past few podcasts about solid backup quarterbacks in this league. We've talked about the Darren the young not even backup, we talked about the young upcoming quarterbacks in AFL, Darren Thomas, Deshaun Brackett, the 
Warren Smith saying, you know, will they possibly get another, will they get an opportunity to start somewhere else? Well, earlier this week, you know, because I always check the, I always check Harrison's, you know, Twitter page when it comes to AFL stuff, because I'll be out the loop on a lot of things. You tweeted some interesting news about some expansions, possibly. Elaborate that to the listeners out there, because it's some pretty interesting things, including this Indianapolis uh, including this Indianapolis thing, the enforcers. I'm, I don't know what league they play in, but you can enlighten us all on this expansion stuff because I'm really giddy. I love talking about expansion. Get all excited. Well, Indianapolis was in the CIFL a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. They had um, an owner, head coach GM, Casey Carter, who I had the pleasure of talking with and have an interview with that I'm just kind of waiting to post. You know, I'm allowed to post it. I'm just, uh, you know, kind of waiting for a little bit closer to a Rio Bowl weekend once expansion talks come up. He's not looking to play right. in 2016. He's thinking, thinking 2017. He's talking to investors, talking to the arena, getting all his formalities set up, and expected to call uh, Commissioner Scott Butera. So, you know, it, a lot of times expansion is just talk. You know, obviously the San Diego, San Diego Riptides, that was a fan page, no owner backing whatsoever, no, no coaching, <laughs> no arena. And that that wound up just completely falling through because apparently the the Facebook owner, you know, he got in touch with the former head coach and he uh, shot that down. He said the arena is not ready for an AFL team. So San Diego, well, it's definitely a great idea. You can cross that out. I think Sacramento would be a better fit regardless. Mm, um, so. so so Indy, you know, that's something to watch out for in 2017. Um, I'm going to stay in touch with KC and try to keep the fans up to date with what's going on with them. But nothing for next year. Um, I've heard a couple murmurings about San Antonio. You never know how much to know about that. They're definitely a good market for the league. Uh, not much more I can, you know, really go into than that because I, I don't know much with San Antonio. You know, obviously they've got some good fans down there advocating for, you know, a team to come back. and They've got their petitions and stuff, so – Definitely a good fan base down there, and and then obviously there's your your normal rumors. Chicago, while there's not a, a real real rumor there, everyone wants to be back there in New York and you know Boston and Washington. So that that's pretty much what I've heard. Indianapolis is the only solid one, and then the other you know semi not really newsworthy expansion talks from this week was uh, Mexico City. Um, they got about two thousand likes on Facebook. Apparently, there's, you know, the same fan. I need uh, to find this. this I, I need I'm, to find this I'm Facebook just going to go ahead and say this. it. <laughs> Facebook pages, you know, they're not great ways to know about expansion. Indianapolis right. had a Facebook page, <laughs> and that's how they became, you know, well noted because they have an actual owner and someone who's actually doing things for the team, per se. I don't, right. I don't want to make anyone angry, you know, so I'm going to definitely – be careful what I say here, but Indianapolis is an actual expansion talk. You know, they're, they have an owner. The San mm-hmm. Diego Facebook page had no owner. It was just a fan who wants the league to expand, which is great. We need fans like that. We need fans who are, you know, actively putting names in a market and, you know, putting, you know, getting team names out there and maybe maybe growing the league. And then Mexico City was the same fan. Um, good guy. I've had some conversations with him. Definitely a, a, a good fan for this league. And I I really respect what he's doing, but it's already called an expansion team right now. I know he's talked to some maybe potential owners, but you can never know. You know, that's 
uh, I don't know how to put this. I got to be careful <laughs> what I say. I don't want to make anyone angry. I don't want to make anyone angry, but you, you definitely, right. I wouldn't expect to see a Mexico City team next year. You know, maybe, maybe someday. You know, maybe maybe the ownership does work out. I hope it does. Mexico City would be great. You know, get some international international clubs in. But Indianapolis is really the only true rumor in San Antonio. Those are the only only true, you know, talks I've heard. And San Antonio, I don't even know how much that's true. So only thing I can 100% report is that there's interest in Indy for 2017. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep my eye out for it. As I literally just logged on Facebook, and I think I found the Indianapolis Enforcers Facebook page. So I must follow this page now. Since you told me about them, I have to follow. There you <laughs> like go. That's, that's the one I would look out for. 2017, Indianapolis. For next year, maybe San Antonio, and uh, hopefully we get another East Coast team. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like the logo. Pretty badass with the dog. Uh, I, I respect it. Yeah, I, I like, like, the, I like, I like it. the indie logo. So we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, AFL will probably love to have Oh, uh, love will love to have probably that market back in the Midwest because there's no obviously Iowa went to the uh, went to the IFL, so well, so they're trying to that would be a great market to have and it's good that you know see you see you don't see you don't find this information out nowhere else but on the Total Sports Live podcast. That's why I call Harrison the AFL insider because he got the inside news. He's always working. When it comes to the you AFL, know, Jason Jones and, and Anthony Carter, they may consider themselves the AFL insider, but we all know who the real AFL insider is. He's right here on this podcast. <laughs> Got that right. He's just working. He's working. <laughs> He's working. He get from player from player news to transactions to expansion talk. You can get that all here on the podcast. We got about uh, got about six minutes left here. On this show, and um, and let's look forward to the some key games in the next up in the next up two weeks of the season, week sixteen. The games, these are games that I've highlighted. Just looking at the schedule that have possible playoff implications on week sixteen on Saturday, next Saturday at one o'clock p.m., which is odd, but we'll we'll take it. Cleveland at I will Philly. not be there. Also, oh man, so that means I must have to show up. To, I must have to show up to that game. Then. Since you're not going to be there, I will not. Be I there. must have to go. I will be. I will be representing Gibbsboro and Voorhees in the New Jersey Babe Ruth State Championship. So I'm going to try, oh, to, try to win a state championship for New Jersey. Thank you. So I will miss that soul game. My first soul game missed this year. So it looks like I will have to make sure I'll be there to watch the detective game out. For yeah, detective hopefully, game out. hopefully Anthony, you and Jason and Dave and all those other media guys, they can they can keep it, you know, I can hold the press box down without me. So <laughs> definitely. <laughs> also, in week sixteen, another huge game of playoff implications: Orlando at Tampa, and then Spokane at LA. I know that week sixteen matchup is so crucial because if Tampa wins and Orlando loses, we can have another flip flop. But if Tampa loses, that really puts them behind the eight ball in the last few weeks of the season. Yeah, if Tampa loses that one, I think, I mean, obviously mathematically they're not out, but it's it's right. really a bad situation for them. You know, they got to hope Philly wins, and then 
whoever Jacksonville's playing that week, they better hope they they better hope Jacksonville loses too. So that's that's gonna be an interesting game. And then uh Spokane LA. I, I like Spokane in it. It's gonna be a close game, you know. Asked me a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, I'd say Spokane wins it. Could definitely be a close game, you know, with the way LA is playing. So it's it's gonna be interesting to watch that game. And you know, I, it, I'm still going to roll with Spokane, but I think L.A. is going to make it pretty competitive, and I would not be shocked if L.A. won that game. Definitely. And also, in Week 7, and then we're going to fast forward to Week 17, a couple of key matchups, Orlando at Cleveland, Philly at Jacksonville, and Vegas at L.A. I know Philly-Jacksonville has soft implications for more for the Jacksonville side, but Orlando at Cleveland, another huge game for the Gladiators. So they got two back-to-back games implications. So does Orlando and L.A. again in a spot where they're taking on a Vegas team who they're fighting for playoff position for. Just ridiculous week 17 we got coming up too. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cleveland, Jacksonville, and uh, L.A. L.A. beats Vegas. Oh, wow. So those, oh, wow. those are my uh, those are my three picks. You know, I mean, not too crazy. I think Cleveland's not better than Orlando. Man. I think Orlando definitely Orlando definitely plays sloppy against good teams. You know, that's that's been mm-hmm. frustrating to watch. You know, they obviously beat Philly, but they've just been so inconsistent. And and then uh, Jacksonville, Philly, uh, it's in Jacksonville. You know, obviously, anytime you have to travel, you're automatically at a disadvantage. And Boy. You know, Philly Philly will pretty much already clinched the first seed in the uh, conference. So, you know, not not much to really play for at that point. You might see Brian Randall a little bit more, who, who I like. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to go with Jacksonville in that game. I think Jacksonville's going to have way more to play for as they won't have anything clinched. So that'll be my mm-hmm. thing. And L.A. Vegas. Vegas is having – who knows what Vegas is having? Because I heard they're having ownership problems. The whole league heard they're having ownership problems. You know that was the hundred percent confirmed thing. Vegas is done, and then Vince Neal and Bob Hecko, the general manager, you know they're out there at the game. So who knows what's going on with Vegas? But anytime you hear murmurings like that, it's never good. And I almost have LA beating Spokane, so I I see no reason LA can't beat Vegas. And then that'll be the push for them to get that fourth seat. That is interesting. So, folks, we got a lot of, uh, we got a lot of, we got a lot of crazy, crazy stuff going on these next two weeks. It shall be interesting, and you know, you always have it here on uh, on the Total Sports Live podcast. And you know, like I said, you can always check in with us. You can, you know, follow me on Twitter at Joe Vontae. You can also follow Harrison on Twitter as well at S. In SD Sports, and also make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. So, Harrison, got any before we wrap up the show? You got anything coming out on the YouTube on the YouTube page coming soon? I know you just did a recent interview. I think it was I think it was last week with a former AFL player who played for a couple of teams that are not even around no more. But he was he, he had an extensive AFL career. Yeah, I had a Mod Hawkins interview. You know, that's been up for about a week and a half now. Definitely a good interview. Always love to talk, you know, some old AFL with some guys. You know, we talked about Clint Dalzell, Tony Graziani, Mark Greeb, Andy Kelly. So, definitely some of the best quarterbacks. Oh, how could I forget Aaron Garcia? You know, some of the best quarterbacks in league history. Um, Casey Carter, Indianapolis Enforcers. I'll get. I'll say frontman and president right now. 
Uh, I did an interview with him. And as always, Philadelphia Soul stuff. Obviously, won't have it from the 11th. But, you know, at practice, I should have something up. And, you know, you never know. You never know who's going to come on Sunday Night Sports and do an interview. <laughs> you got that right. You never do. Really, and, and also, guys, make sure you check out Harrison's work as he's the Philadelphia Soul beat writer for ArenaFan.com. Make sure you check out ArenaFan.com to free plug for him. So, and I should have a um, uh, Dustin Bardo yeah. article up on Total Sports Live. And, you know, okay. minor league baseball, I'm always there. So, definitely, definitely uh, keep tuning in. Stuff will be up. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a busy time around these parts. And like you said, make sure you check out all his work on arenafan.com. He's going to have a story up on Total Sports Live, too, folks. He's going to be at minor league baseball. This man just does it all. And that's going to wrap the show here on the podcast. I'd like to thank everybody again for tuning in. Thanks, thanks, guys, for listening. We'll uh, talk to you same time, same place next Thursday with some more AFL action. Should be an interesting weekend. We're probably going to be re, 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 we're probably going to be previewing to get ready for this upcoming week. But thanks again for tuning in, guys, and we'll talk to you guys later. Have a good night. <laughs>